Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. How's it going, Ray? Hello, Trisden. It's good to be back in studio here with you. Yes, yes. How's everything? It's fine. Summer day, although I guess today. Oh, we can't do that. Never mind. I scratched that. <laughs> it's definitely not the summer solstice Let's- today. <laughs> And Ray was not going to reference that. It's, a, it's it, any time. It might be the longest day of the year. I tell you what, last night was very cool. It was. Uh, I, I would show you a picture, but I'm going to read this article. I went outside and took a picture. The sky was so beautiful. Oh, nice. I actually played some softball at Lake Reba last night. Oh, cool. So it was a, yeah, good good day. It wasn't it was well hot, attended, it I assume. Uh, not really. Not not, not crowds wise, but a lot of players. Yeah, the fields were def- full. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's Most a big it's a big deal. Yeah, you still can play, huh? Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I still get out there and, and, and kick around. What do you play, first? Uh, shortstop and third. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I was saying today, though, which this is the first season I've played since COVID, and I'm sore after every game. So oh, I'm like, what the fuck are you sore from softball? Like, it's the easiest hey, thing man, in the world. Hey, man, sore from bowling. Yeah. But, if uh, you haven't bowled in a couple of years and you bowl a few games, your elbow's going to hurt, your knees, your hips. I mean, yeah. That's it. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's uh, it's hot. Very warm. And I think that's, you know, not only nationwide. I was talking to my grandpa in France, and he was saying over 100 there. Also, Grandpa's so. in France? He lives in France? Yeah. My artist grandfather who's in France, who would never listen to this podcast. Is, now, is that your father's father? Yeah. Dad's oh, dad. man. So they are some artists, huh? Oh, yeah. For sure. Would never listen. Why? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, he's a, he, I like him. He's a good guy, but he's a very critical guy. I bet, you know, if he is listened. Is he American to, by birth? He is, yeah. And New, has New chosen to live in France? Right. How long has he been there? He's been in France since the 80s, probably early 80s. Wow. Yeah. Fluent in French, I guess. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But he so. would listen to 10 minutes and it would probably, you know, it would be uncouth and he yeah. probably wouldn't love the language. Ah, and, him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Screw you, Grandpa. <laughs> Screw you, Grandpa. <laughs> Take that. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm sure That's he would true. like, he would like, I think he would like where we stand politically. So oh, he would. For sure. Well, the French are pretty liberal folks, aren't they? Let me take that back. They're fairly progressive. Yeah. Definitely right? true. Has he found a French woman? Supposedly they're. Indeed. Yeah. He's been. Hollywood. With, uh, indeed with Anne-Marie for ah! probably 30 plus years. And you'd love that French plus. accent. You can probably do a French accent. Oh, embarrassingly. I mean, I could do it, it like, just enough. Think Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Go ahead. That's well. That's kind of my mindset. Yeah, exactly. Life is a little right. Pepe Le Pew. What if Rousseau? I don't know. Exactly. I said yeah. no words. <laughs> but no, I, I've got a, a, his son. My half uncle is. Uh, he lives. Is scientist and lives in England and just oh, the, wow. the best people. Like him and his family. Like I just relate to him so much. Benji, who probably also isn't listening, but wonderful, wonderful guy. I understand. I have a cousin of mine in Jersey who does listen. My cousin Jim, who I don't see too often, he also tends to be a little critical. And he, uh, I, I got this second hand from my sister, but he'd like to uh, come on and maybe straighten us out on a few things. Really? So yeah. he's so he's maybe on the a little more right. Yeah, than he's we more are. conservative. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think people think that they can, you know, they want to come and, and tell you 
how it is, but it's, it's not as easy behind a microphone. It's not as easy when you have to gather your thoughts. I mean, I listen to the show and probably one out of every cringe f- five <laughs> times. Yeah. That I talk, I think, Oh, that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, you know, you may sit there and think that's easy and these guys are stupid, but it's not as easy as it looks. No, it's not because yeah. we do kind of just fly by the seat of our pants, which is essentially what we're going to do on today's show. Right? right. It's us again. And I had said to you, um, over the phone, cause we do chat a little bit before each show. If but you not were- enough. Probably not. Probably enough, not. Which enough. probably shows in the <laughs> in the broadcast. Well, but, there's uh, not much editing either. So this is it's a pretty raw show. It's a pretty raw show. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. But um the Texas Republican Party held their convention over the weekend. Now they hadn't been together since twenty eighteen. And I asked Tristan if he knew anything that had come out of it, and he said he really didn't. So I said, All right, cool. If I can bore you for a couple of minutes, this is an opinion piece. This is not um this is not a news piece that covers it, but it's uh, Dana Milbank for the Washington Post, and he wrote an opinion of uh, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek as well of what had come out of the Republicans' meeting. But there's a lot in here. It's not the terribly long article, but what it covers, man. All right, so here's what he writes. He writes, uh, and this ran on um, a couple days back. There's, that's right. I always forget. We're timeless. We're timeless, Tristan. <laughs> All right, so keep in mind, the Republicans got together over the weekend in Texas, and they talked about what their party platform should look like. So he writes, the Lone Star State does not have the the best track record as a sovereign power. The Republic of Texas survived only 10 years from independence to annexation by the United States in 1845. Texas seceded during the Civil War and with the rest of the Confederacy was crushed. And the uh, headline, I guess I should have read that, is Texas Republicans want to succeed. And he writes, Good riddance. As the saying goes, if at first you don't secede, S-E-C-E-D-E, try, try again. The Texas GOP now wants the state to vote on declaring independence, and the United States should let Texas go. Better yet, let's offer Texas a severage severance package that includes Oklahoma to sweeten the deal. The sooner, the better. Oh, nice. Yeah. Over the weekend, while many Americans were celebrating the 167th anniversary of Juneteenth, or some weekend back, um, the Texas Republican Party voted on a platform declaring federal laws that it dislikes should be ignored, opposed, refused, and nullified. Nullified. The proposed platform that's expected to be approved when all the votes are tallies adds Texas retains the right to secede from the United States and the Texas legislature should be called upon to pass a referendum consistent thereto. It wants the recession referendum in the 2023 general election for the people of Texas to determine whether or not the state should reassert its status as an independent nation. Yeehaw! Of course, protections would have to be negotiated for those parts of Texas that that wish to remain on team normal, such as Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. They'd remain in the United States, and they'd need guaranteed safe passage to New Orleans or Santa Fe, along with regular airlifts of sustainable produce, accurate textbooks, and contraceptives. <laughs> but consider the benefits to the rest of the country. Two fewer Republican senators, two dozen fewer Republican members of the House, annual savings of $83 billion in defense funds that Texas gets. And the best reason? The Texas GOP has so little regard for the Constitution that it's calling for a convention of the states to effectively rewrite it and so little regard for the United States that it wishes to leave. In democracy's place, and this is where it gets a little more serious, the Republican Party, which enjoys one-party rule in Texas, is effectively proposing a church state. If you like crusader states and Muslim caliphates, you'll love the Confederate theocracy of Texas. The Texas GOP platform gives us a good idea what such a paradise for Christian nationalists would look like. Texas would officially declare that homosexuality is an 
abnormal lifestyle choice. It would redefine marriage as a covenant only between one biological man and one biological woman. And it would nullify any court rulings to the contrary. In fact, the gay log cabin Republicans were banned from setting up a booth at the convention. It would fill schools with prayers, the Bible, the Ten Commandments, and ban the teaching of any sex education. It would abolish all abortions and require uh, students to learn about the humanity of the preborn child. The Texas theocracy, which maintains that President Biden was not legitimately elected, would keep only traces of democracy. It wants the Voting Rights Act of 1965 repealed, and it would rewrite the state constitution to empower minority rule by small small rural white counties. It would rescind voters' rights to elect senators and the constitution's guarantee of birthright citizenship. The Texas theocracy would probably be broke because it wants to abolish the federal income tax, axe the property tax, do away with the state taxes and various business taxes, yet it loves a hawkish foreign policy. The platform argues that Texas is currently under an active invasion and should take any and all appropriate measures the sovereign state defines as necessary to defend itself. It imagines a tax by a one-world government on the Great Reset, which is an internet-born conspiracy belief, and proposes withdrawal from the current United Nations, the theocracy would put the wild back in the West, abolishing the minimum wage, environmental and banking regulations, and red flag laws or waiting periods to prevent dangerous people from buying guns. Above all, the Confederate theocracy of Texas would be defined by thought police. It would penalize woke corporations and businesses that disagree over abortion, race, trans rights, and the inalienable right to refuse vaccination. Government programs would be stripped of education involving race, evolution, and climate change shall be taught as challengeable scientific theories. There would be a complete repeal of hate crime laws. The Texas Revolution shall not be reimagined in a way the theocracy finds disrespectful. Confederate monuments shall be protected, plaques uh, plaques honoring Confederate widows restored, and lessons on the tyrannical history of socialism required. In their platform, Texas Republicans invoke God or the Creator 18 times, sovereignty or a sovereign power 24 times, and the word democracy only only once in reference to China. So I read that because I say, is that where the Republican Party is today? I mean, they're a little far out there in Texas, but how much is that representative of what's going on right now? Wow, man, that's a lot. (laughs) You know what? And I say this a lot in our conversations that we have, and, and a lot of times when things become newsworthy, it's because it's the exception to the rule as opposed to this is the way everybody thinks. Like it always hits the news. Well, that's true. When, when some small place in California wants to allow abortions at birth or, you know, so then that becomes the talking point for your Republicans for the next week is that all Democrats want nine month abortions or right. that, that right. So I sure hope that that is in that same vein, that that's a, a whole lot closer to the bottom 15% of the Republican party fringe than it is what the average Republican would want. But that's the question, isn't it? That's the question that I just don't think we know the answer to Tristan. And I think Trump, you know, tapped into that. We talk about it often. And, um, where is middle ground on those kind of things? Aren't these the people who feel like their country, the one they love, is being pulled from them by people that don't have their best interests interests at heart? And that's how you wind up with a platform like that? 
Yeah, and it sure feels like uh, that's the same group of people that would probably have some language in there against Sharia law. Damn, it sounds an awful lot, right. lot like Sharia that's law. That's why he tongue-in-cheek called it the theocracy of, of Texas. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's a caliphate by another name, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do? How do you find common ground with people who, you know, the question becomes, what is so horrible about, um, you know, tolerance and inclusion, right? Yeah, which is a, a great point that you make quite a bit. You know, I think that is sort of uh, credited to our party. At least we tend to be the group that, to even sometimes to our discredit, you know, we want to accept everybody all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, that's identity politics. And obviously, that's what Republicans are making hay out of right now. And and really, I mean, Tucker Carlson, when the war in, in uh, Ukraine started, and, you know, they've backed off this a little bit now because it's just been such viciousness shown on Putin's behalf. But there were plenty of Putin backers. And Carlson said, well, at least in Russia, they're not forcing transgender bathrooms on you. Yeah. So, you know, there are people out there who feel that way. There's no doubt, and Republicans exploit it. Right, and I think uh, maybe they were probably a lot more prevalent before the uh, the Ukrainian war. There was a whole lot of people that were sort of uh, idolizing yes. Putin on, on Trump the Trump right. amongst them. Trump, absolutely. And, you know, and, and I think you probably give Putin a lot of credit uh, with some of his social media tactics in dividing our country. I mean, it— uh, you know, a, a lot of this hatred and a lot of sort of these fringe elements come, I think, from a lot of that the web-based hatred and and uh, you know polarization online. I, which I know I, I, I throw that out yeah, to you, you and you, you glaze over because it's not something you see every day. But sure, yeah, I, I, it's you know that to me sounds a lot like some of that stuff that maybe is indoctrination from from online more so than how people really feel, hopefully. Yeah, that's the question. You know, we often say, and and we've brought guests in and, and we have conversations and, you know, the conversations are fine. And we often say that, you know, anonymously, um, people say things that they never would in person, hence why the internet is so filthy and disgusting and vile. So much of it, be it, you know, Facebook or, or um, help me out, tick, not TikTok, Instagram TikTok, and all Instagram, the rest. Yeah. Sure, Twitter. And, they, and Twitter, and they get real vicious and vile. On the other hand, Tristan... Golly, man, there does seem to be a lot of pushback to the social change. That's always what I come back to. You know, <laughs> I go back to my 1960, but just the, the, the changes in the 60 years, 61 years I've been on the planet have been enormous. And there's just this pushback. And so then you wonder, how do you find common ground? And when you add in the... Um, the internet and how people can go inside themselves and, and get in that echo chamber, it becomes really difficult, but could you go to those people in Texas? So you and I say, you know, you, you bring them in, you talk with them. So, so we've got two people who are fully behind that platform sitting with us today. And, and how do you approach it? Do you say, um, and I would assume these are probably going to be middle-aged white people, male or female, a lot of males probably. Um, look, I understand that you feel the country's changing, but what do you propose? How do you, do you really want to bring it back? Do you really want to tell your homosexual nephew that he's wrong? Do you really not want to teach sex education? Do you want to outlaw all abortion, which they may, um, no legislation at all on guns, you know, what, uh, and if so, what is so terrible about, you know, and you'd have to ask them and they'd have to answer it for you. I think what's so terrible about, uh, inclusion and acceptance. And I get 
that you feel it's changing your country, but man, that divide is, is, is you're fostering that divide. You know, we're each part of it, whether, you know, the left and the right, they'd agree on nothing. So they're each part of the divide, but they have to be reached out to and asked, you know, and if they answer, no, I don't care about inclusion and acceptance. I want the country I want. Well, then, then you're at a sticking, then you're, you're kind of done. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's a 10% on either end of both parties, Republican or Democrat that, you know, we could bring in here for the sake of those people would be entertaining. But there's people, you know, the fringe people. We're not going to find a lot of common ground with either like, way. We're, they're not going to. They're not going to sit and think about what you're saying and have a, an authentic conversation because their mind is so staunchly made up for whatever reason. You know, they're just where they are. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to say those people are beyond help, but you know, most people, if you're so far right or so far left that that's you're when that's become your identity, that's that's who you are. So here's a question for you. Sure. Did Trump grow that fringe? Well, it sure feels like it. It sure feels to does, me like, it? and again, maybe that's my bubble, but it feels like a lot of the, you know, well, I, you know, I won't say his name and he may listen. I hope he does. A, a very good friend of mine um, was probably the farthest right uh, friend that I had and great friend, man, that I, you know, love, you know, with all my heart, just a great man. But he went over the course of Trump's uh Presidency. presidency and he literally went from being my farthest right friend to probably my farthest left republican friend and i don't feel like he moved so the party completely moved around him i just think the party went from wait you lost me so he so he was he's liz cheney he he you thought you, politics okay so you thought he was very conservative and he is very conservative and now he but has the, been surpassed right, by the seems well see that's a dangerous thing right well, I just think a lot of the normal Republicans went from normal Republicans to there's a pretty sizable amount of QAnon folks. There's so he grew it. He, he or his what he represented grew that fringe. I, I I would think he didn't. He pretty much stays the same. I you know no I think no no it, Trump yeah, Trump, Trump did, yeah. absolutely because yeah. well and I think that's the thing right like if you really like somebody and you really they're speaking to you you know. With 80% of what they're saying, that's a good idea, man. I like that. Let's build that wall. Let's, uh, you know, let's cut taxes. Let's do a lot of these things. And then when you throw in some, but I can't lose, it definitely was fake. Like, well, okay, well, we'll take that too, because we really like the 80% right. of what he's saying so much. I may have made this uh, point on yeah. a recent show. It's like, if you watch a Tucker Carlson, or if you watch a lot of these, uh, you know, sort of right wing or even left wingy shows, You'll your average person is going to agree with eighty percent of it. It's you know well that's fair that's common sense. But then they'll throw in that twenty percent. You're like well I don't know about that. Like that's a little bit outlandish. <laughs> and I think that's what Trump did to to his party. Right? Like you're probably as a re Republican going to agree with a vast majority of this. But you've got to take his, you know, Rudy Giuliani calling you know, the state of Georgia and saying, you're going to have to find us 11,000 votes. Like nobody would have been cool if Obama had done that. Oh, nobody yeah. would be cool if, uh, you know, Biden or Hillary or somebody, there was a tape. I mean, you talk about, well, we would be stoning Democrats if this was something that we'd had at the end of a first term loss for Barack Obama. So imagine. there's a lot of people that are being pretty cool with stuff that, that, and it's definitely hypocritical. So did he, 
because it has to keep going back to him because of just how things changed in the, in the past five years. And yes, they were changing, but he also hasn't gone away uh, uh, just today. And, and don't let me get, <laughs> I'll digress. I, I, I interrupt and digress so much. I do it to myself, but just today <laughs> he was, uh, so apparently the um, head of the Senate, the president of the Senate of Arizona testified in front of the uh, January 6th committee. And I guess uh, Trump got some wind of what he was going to say and just came out and blasted him as a rhino and just a turncoat and yada, yada, yada. So did Donald Trump make the impolite acceptable, which is to say that I'm sure some of these people had conversations. We know them here. You know, picture the older farmer who just doesn't like the changes that he's seeing. You know, what in the hell is this transgender and these fags and yada, 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 which to the left's credit, they pushed them. You know, I've always said I grew up here in the N-word and you don't hear it anymore. Well, I'm not crediting conservatives for that. I'm crediting political correctness. To me, the advent of political correctness was based on one word, which was the N-word, because it really shouldn't be used in polite society. And it's not really anymore. Great thing, right? True. Um, so we had gotten a little more polite in our conversations, right? You weren't going to say the way you felt about uh, people of either a different race or a different uh, sexual choice, the lifestyle, et cetera. But now it's just out there and you're, and you're saying it and you've got an entire Republican party um, delegation who's voting to essentially turn all those things over. Well, yeah, you definitely see that. And I think the problem is, is it's become you know, this, this movement of political correctness certainly started from a good point, and we've probably talked about it on the show. I would think but so. But it does become silly once you take it as far, you know, over the edges where it would be on Twitter or, or social media or some of these things where it's, you know, we've talked about microaggressions and that type of thing on the show. So it's once something takes even the slightest turn farther than it should go then the whole movement's dumb and you know then we have that's to where it go. is now right sure that's and that's so you say the left has something to do with that by pushing and pushing and pushing well and that's a point you right. often make which is a good point that the left yeah. you know is never satisfied and and to that end i think that's the nice thing you know we talk about texas seceding but that's the good thing about two parties i mean I, you know our side wants stuff to move fast we really do and the other side wants you know what they want when they want it as well but the nice thing about two-party system is that yeah it takes a little long and we can sit and we know we shouldn't be paying as much as we're paying for health care everybody agrees on it but it takes a little longer because we've got two parties that you know have to sort of over time get enough people in place to to, to make a change so you know as far as talking about texas leaving i just think you don't always want what you think you want. I mean, you right. think you're going to have this right-wing Christian Republican right. utopia. There's going to be a lot of, you know, unintended consequences. And you could say the same thing. I mean, man, you look at California and San Francisco and some of these places that are liberal oases that are almost lawless now. And you know, that's all you kind of see on online is these, you can walk in a store in San Francisco and just grab whatever you want and leave because, you know, for whatever reason, not enough policing, you know, it's not a big enough crime that these, they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is you're starting to get some left wing and, and democratic pushback. So is that the answer? At some point, somebody has to step up in the Republican party and say, man, enough of this. We have to become uh, you know, we have to, 
I was going to say we have to become sensible and sane again, but that's very pejorative. You know, there's a place for moderation. How's that? You know, and both parties need to do that. The left has to stop pushing so much, giving the right the excuse to say you're just crazy and so crazy that we're going to come up with these draconian platforms that outlaws basically everything that you represent. But man, I don't know where that's coming from on either side, Tristan, unless you and I can save it somehow through this show. But, you know, it's... um. We may be the last hope. It, it, it really is divided, man. And, you yeah. know, these things further that divide. Now, right. what's the backlash to that? You're going to have Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and the like saying, look at this. This is what these people want. These This ignorant foolishness coming out of Texas, right? They're not going to try and uh, deconstruct it as I am. Because I often say that there are conservatives who feel as though things are going in the wrong direction socially and societally and that there should be more, um, well, there should be more or there should be less, <laughs> right? right? Depending upon. So I'm sympathetic to that. I'm not saying that. And I think you and I are, are alike in that, in, in that, you know, now you have some people who say in the middle of the road are only, uh, well, we're, we'd be in Texas. So all you, find, all you have in the middle of the road are white lines and dead armadillos that you should be, you know, a little more um, tuned into what it is you believe. Well, obviously these people in Texas are, and obviously people on the left are, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you'd say that's why you have elections, but even that now, you know, not even the whole Trump thing, but just, just the gerrymandering. You know, and to be fair, Tristan, I say the whole Trump thing. There were people on our side, I might have done it myself, who said that Trump had help from Russia and that he was not a legitimately elected president. And so we're not without our own, you know, uh, skeletons in the closet when it comes to elections. And I, I know Gore did a great job in 2000, but, you know, we beat the hell out of Bush. Or, I'm sorry, out of Trump when he was elected, that Vladimir Putin got him elected. And there was, uh, you, you know, votes that 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 uh, I don't know if it was votes that didn't count or, or what. Right. You remember that in well, 2016. You know what I remember? And, you know, well, first of all, CNN got Trump elected by playing everything that he was everything, doing, man. you know, for you know months everything. leading yeah. up because yeah. they thought he was a joke. And it was exactly people were tuning in. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I remember about. And certainly going in, in my own memory, I think what people said about Putin and Trump, which I certainly I think has been proven, which is that, uh, you know, Putin helped run a divisive campaign on social media that would have uh, benefited Donald Trump. Now, you know, if people aren't smart enough to see memes and know the difference. And sadly, I know a lot of people are not. That certainly could have helped Trump. But that's like. You know, if it's a really close basketball game for our cat fans, friends here that are listening, and then at the very end, there's a call that could have went either way, and it goes against the cats, and then you blame the refs, you know, and you're, oh, the refs, well, if you would have been up by more than one point with one second left, you know, it wouldn't have come down to a, a ref's call. So to me, could Putin have helped Trump? Sure, he could have helped, but not, it, not in what we're seeing now. It's not the same. Okay. Me, I mean, it's a complete false equivalency to say, like, somebody might have thrown that up as, you know, Putin could have helped Trump, which is possible, versus, you know, Donald Trump after calling you know, a, a, a calling a secretary of, of state in a state and asking him to find votes. Yeah, it, that's pretty that's pretty blatant. Right. Yeah. And, you know, something funny, Tristan, I was driving today and I've got serious. So I get all the news channels. MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and they're covering the hearings. I'm unfamiliar with that. I didn't. Huh? Serious. I don't know much. Uh, yeah. Um, they. They. That's right. They didn't. Uh, I, I didn't hear a lot of it because I was en route and had to get to places. But I did go over to Fox, and I'll be damned. 
they were covering the hearing. They took so much shit. So I think that's exactly right. And they did it very covertly. They didn't announce that they were going to, they announced very uh, uh, loudly that they weren't going to cover that first one that was on in primetime. But they've been covering them since because, as I said, man, it was, you know, not to sound trite or, or you know, uh, cocky, but Ray's first rule of politics is never give your enemy something they can beat you up with. As you've said. And fucking Fox realized, oh, my God, this is a really, really bad decision. So now they're quietly covering it in on the big network. Right. And, I'm, and I haven't seen the Fox coverage. Actually, I've only listened to, you know, maybe an hour today as I worked. But and I would imagine what their modus operandi at this point would be is to, yeah, air it and then have six of the most conservative yeah, motherfuckers. The hell out oh, of come on. You can't, you know, and, and try to pull it apart right. as opposed to just but ignoring it. I don't know how much you've seen. I haven't seen a whole lot, maybe two hours total. But the, um, you know, the whole thing about a, and this is not a prosecution, but the whole thing about a prosecution, a great attorney builds a case. You don't just come in and boom, you know, you build it. And apparently they've done a hell of a job building this case. And there's been a fair, a fair amount of viewers, which is a, a bit yes. surprising. A yes. lot of, you know, 20 million, I think, for the last one. And I will say, and, and they've got a lot of credit for this, but, you know, everybody that's on there is Republican. Right. Not literally, but every person that's coming, like, they realize that the credibility of a Democrat in something like this, right. unfortunately, would be less than. Nobody wants to hear Adam Schiff saying what right. he says. Yeah. Nobody wants reputation. to hear Adam Schiff ran from, you know, the mob on January 6th. But when right. you, you know, when you've got you know, Trump's daughter and uh, Bill, Bill Barr, Barr right. and some of these folks. I mean, you know, the, the folks they just had on from Georgia and Arizona yeah, today. This guy from Arizona said he voted twice for Trump. He was a very adamant supporter, but he Absolutely. just couldn't break the oath that he had taken. Right. That's what he I couldn't saw. do what he was being asked to do, and he wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Just, and Trump gets wind of that and, and gets on and talks about how he's a rhino and, you know, we have to get him out of office. So he, he is not going anywhere, is he? He is not. He is not going as anywhere. As long as this base of people continues to humor him and you know and treat him as though he was sent from jesus to to govern you know yeah he's not going anywhere and and it is sad because i I think you see a lot of the i don't know what they call it team normal and team crazy which was the the guys you know on january 6th that were you know telling trump you know he won and if he didn't want to hear it he'd go to team crazy and they'd (laughs) sort of come up with something cuckoo but he's sending a lot of the party that really people that are in team normal he's sending them to team crazy yes yeah, because they know they're going to get primaried and lose if they're, you know, of course they, of course these people, there's not a Republican in the Senate that thinks Trump won, but I'm sure there's plenty of those guys that aren't going to say that because they don't want some idiot with a gun commercial at, you know, primary season. That's going to knock them out. Yeah. Of the job. So what, when Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz and John Cornyn are by themselves in a Senate chamber and nobody else is around, and she's not a senator, she's a Congress person. Sure. But what do they think about Liz Cheney? They have to say, God dang, what a pair of cojones on that woman. I mean, she's yeah. that's what our party should be doing, and she's the only one that did it. I mean, this is Dick Cheney's daughter. Your Republican credibility can't be any better. Your conservative Bona, what's it called? Uh, Bonaduces, no, the uh, Bonafides. Your conservative Bonafides are no better than than Dick Cheney, than Darth Vader. I mean, they just right. don't come. Yeah, and she just for whatever reason just found it disgraceful what Trump had attempted. Yeah, it, it, to your credit, that took an immense amount of courage because she's probably going to lose. Yeah, she probably will. 
but she's you know held to her her morals and 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 if you look at the way she's voted, she votes much farther right than the the Trump candidate. Unbelievable. So yes. you know That's it's a benefit, it's her- a benefit to Democrats probably to get her out. But again, she's much more conservative than the Trumpians, but she's not going to go for the bullshit. Yeah, she's exactly. not going to say that's, this man won when he didn't win. That's, that's and that really is is a norm. I mean, a true profile in courage. And again, it's awfully hard to. Um, well, it's not awfully hard. It's impossible to know the history as you live it. History is history. It's happening all the time. We're living history, but you need perspective to get a, um, you, you need distance to get a perspective. And I, I think history is going to treat Liz Cheney in a very, very good light. I mean, um, she, you know, she, she's really pretty amazing with what she's pulling off now Republicans. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you're just a Democrat saying that. No, I mean, it's just a Democrat or Republican. It's, it's really, really difficult to go against the entire flow and tide. And you could, and you could turn that around and say people like Mitch McConnell, definitely not profiles and courage. You know what? He's had his moments in all this. I think, you know, I've, I've had Mm. more respect for McConnell since before, you know, he's, he has a bit, yeah. Yeah, and I think he feels pretty safe in his job. Yeah, and he's but, he is trying to find that. I don't want to piss these people off too much, but they have to understand that, you know, Trump law. Yeah, he, he did have a few moments. You're right. Yeah, that, That's fair. Yeah, we need to mention some sponsors. Yeah, let's talk sponsors. Um, so we'll get, we'll get to our jokes here in a bit. But yeah, I hate to always get too far before I think of, uh, think of our buddies at Berea Pond and Bad Wolf Gaming. You know what I bought from Aaron at, at Berea Pond this weekend? I do not. I got a fire safe for my garage. I got a big, tall fire safe from oh, yeah. Century Safe. Oh, cool. So you just, I walk in there and it's so exciting because you never know what you're going to get. It's just a plethora of stuff. I mean, he doesn't always have a huge ubiquitous safes. plethora? Man, it's a ubiquitous plethora of <laughs> I don't even think that cool stuff. But uh, no, I mean, of course, you know the guns and ammo, but uh, you know. It's a pawn pawn shop, but also a pallet store where they get a lot of pallet stuff. So a lot of retail stuff from Target and Walmart, and and you literally just never know what you're going to find. And they have sort of become a de facto furniture store. So there's a ton, like I'd say, two or three thousand square feet of furniture that's you know unused, brand new furniture at you know cheaper than big lots prices. So check out my buddy Aaron at Berea Pawn, and you know, maybe you'll come out with a huge random safe. And you can hear the crypto computers whirring in the background. You can't hear them unless you sort of go over to the gun counter. Yeah. But uh, then you you can, once you certainly go in there, man, it's it's hot and 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 rolling. Now crypto, a little like everything else, it's taking a downturn. It is, but I mean, you, you got a plan for that, right? Like sure, it's still sure. A new, a new thing, and right. And yeah. Troy just told us that you can uh, find some of the equipment a little less expensively than it was, you know, a few months back. Which is so, always kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Good, great time to buy your own mining equipment. Right, exactly. And I think some experts, I think uh, Bitcoin, which I haven't checked in like two days, but was down to like 17. And some folks are saying it might get down to $10,000 of Bitcoin, which is crazy because it had been up to 30000 Right. So, and I think- 30 plus. When Brant was here, I thought he said he had a baseline of like 14000 that if, sounds right. If it fell below that, that's when he got in a little bit of trouble for yeah. the utility cost and and all right. of that. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and but, then well, but 
Thanks to Aaron, for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you mentioned just as we were starting that you had stopped by to see Daniel at Bad Wolf. I did. I stopped And he's in. got another machine. He's got... He's or you got saw to, the machine we I, had I talked about. I saw his uh, gaming... I don't know, yeah. Game of skill machine game of that he skill, has, game which of is kind of cool. Kind of, kind of, I guess, yeah, walks that line of being gambling yeah. versus not. So I, you know what? I'll be honest. I threw five bucks in it. Uh, and you just press the button it's like a quarter each time you press the button i don't know what the hell i was doing but it, it was it was fun it was very it was like a slot machine-esque yeah but i never figured out what the hell i was doing so i was like i'm gonna have to go in there and spend a little more money and figure out figure it out but yeah it's pretty cool to have something like that in berea yeah. that, you know you want to go drop 20 bucks kind of like having a little mini casino is, at, yeah, at yeah, bad wolf gaming so yeah pretty cool so yeah you got to check out our friends absolutely berea pond of course at 107 clay drive in berea and bad wolf gaming 711 Chestnut Street in Berea. Check them both out. Uh, as soon as you get a chance, you, you won't regret it. No, no. They're both both great places and both uh, staffed with great folks. That's it. That's the biggest part of it. Yeah, absolutely great folks. Oh, man. So. You're going to make us laugh? Did Well. Oh, you got something not, else? Not quite that time yet. Oh, okay. I think we've got a few more minutes. Oh, well, I, I can tell you this. Um I, this struck me too. As we're kind of doing a, a sort of de facto political show today, but um, I don't know if you'll know either of these fellas. But if you don't know the names, I'm certain you would know them by face because they're on a lot. Um, Jelani Cobb and Eddie uh, Glad, and uh, Doctor Glad is a Glad or Glaud, G L A U D, I believe it is. Uh, both African American gentlemen. Um, Jelani Cobb is a professor at Georgetown. I think he writes maybe for the New Yorker, or the Atlantic, and Eddie Glad is the um, uh, dean of African-American studies at Princeton. Oh, wow. All right. So I'm watching the two of them on an interview, Trizan. And this is just one of those things that struck me sort of, I, I don't know the way my mind works, why I bore my wife to tears. <laughs> but I thought, all right, so here's two brilliant men and here's their dilemma as black men. I don't even know if this will make sense, but I'll try it. I, I think you'll know what I'm saying. All right. They get judged by the dumbest that their race has to offer. So if you and I were talking and we got judged by every toothless redneck or every jagoff that sounds like uh, Joey Buttafuoco, it would be very unfair to us. But somehow we do that to black folks. These are two brilliant men, much more brilliant than you or I. And yet somebody's going to look at them or somebody's going to blow them off because they're only. You no know, greater than the color of their skin to no some greater people. Than, yes. Yeah. And well, what a fucking shame that is, right? It and, is. And having for to sure. live with that burden if you're Dr. Cobb or Dr. Gloud. Well, and, and this is a completely unfair comparison. So uh, we'll get back to that because, yeah, I agree. But, you know, you or I just being now Kentuckians would get something well, similar to that's a fair point. Certainly your brother's that's, folks up there would, you know, that's a good point. That's every, why I like talking to you about every shit. time I go to California, you know, it's, that's you know, very fair. three or four people roll their eyes. Kentucky. What? Oh my God. Like then again, these people that have ne point, never Tristan. left California. And we don't even rehearse this stuff, gang. <laughs> we don't. But no, it, it's completely <laughs> unfair. Of course, if it's to our black friends, happy most recent Juneteenth, uh, Juneteenth to all of our black friends and listeners. But yeah, and it's sort of one of the things I rail on, you know, even with, with us old white folks, old timey white people, like we can't just base people on how they look or where they're from or their, you know, religion, whatever. Like we right. really have to try and get to the core of some of individuals. Now, again, you, you sometimes have to do that as in, you know, 30% of Hispanic voters are going to vote a certain way or whatever. So yeah, it does. There's a point where you can 
respectfully discuss folks as a group, but it's hard to, it's hard to demonize or to judge or to really, you know, take commentators and say, Oh, well, they're just a Hispanic commentator or a black sure. and, and not really take how fucking smart folks are because exactly. no, there absolutely are so many geniuses that just happen to be, you know, whatever race or from wherever. Well, that's that, a great point. And yeah. yes, we all do that to some degree. Yep. I mean, I've, you know, I'm still a pretentious Northeasterner in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, you get the most of both, best of both worlds. So you can judge both now. So you can look <laughs> well, down you your go. nose at, at Kentuckians yeah. and New Jersey's. <laughs> So what about Biden though, man? Dude, this poor fucking guy, Joe the, Biden. The, the bike, the, the falling off the bike didn't. Uh, <sighs> man, he's just. And what do you think about that, Ray? I mean, are we just going to have to? I mean, is he just so gaff prone? And is always has been. So he has really always has been. But is it with his age and his gaffes? And well, more than that, gas prices and inflation. Are we just going to have to run somebody else? Uh, I mean, I don't think he'll run. Yeah, I, I wonder. I really don't think he'll run. I think the Democrats will get trounced in November, especially if, if things they, they would lose. You Which know, they probably would have anyway. I was going to say, historically, you lose anyway. The last, uh, I think 2002 was the last party in power to pick up seats, which was in the middle of the Iraq war with, you know, or the, right. the, the Iraq war. Yeah. With uh, Iraq and Afghanistan with, with Bush uh, Jr. But um, yeah, historically, the party in power loses seats. So they were going to do that anyway. But with gas prices and interest rates and inflation, now the market did okay today, finally. But it's just been getting its butt kicked. People don't want to look. Oh, I saw $3 trillion, Tristan, in uh, in retirement funds have been lost. Uh, about $1.8 billion in 401ks and about $1.2 billion in IRAs. And, you know, retirement mutual funds like I have. I've never been fortunate enough to work anywhere where I had a pension or a 401k. I was self-employed. I worked for a cheap radio station. Now I work for a cheap bowling center. I hope none of these people listen. Um, I've got a joke that actually is for your boss. But um, yeah, so $3 trillion in in real money. And and like I said, I saw it in my own you know little piece of it. And that's not like speculative money. That's real money that you've lost. Right. You had X amount three months ago. And oh, and that was in, in, in the year of 2022. So okay. from January 1st, 2022 through today, middle of June, end of June, July 1st, <laughs> somewhere in there, uh, $3 trillion in real money lost by people. Right. So if you're thinking of retirement, I turned 62 in September. I said to Patty, that ain't happening. <laughs> Give it a Which little I, more time. I probably, yeah, I probably yeah. wasn't going to anyway, but yeah, probably another two years now. It's funny. You know, it, ironically enough, I checked my Edward Jones account today. And I'm down since the beginning of this year, 40%. Yes. So that's a freaking lick. $18. <laughs> <laughs> Getting so close. You got me, man. There's the joke of the day. Hey, brought to you by. <laughs> Again, not rehearsed. Not rehearsed at all. <laughs> it's 18 bucks. That's a beer at Great that, American that's, Ballpark. That's, yeah, maybe a maybe beer two, and a, a yeah. free water. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, we could do a little comedy if you want. You know what's pretty cool? I've got I always bring cool stuff to talk about. Happy anniversary, Ray. It's been a year since we've recorded our first show. Can wow. you believe that? Right, not a year since they because we we canned, dropped in we August eight or, or so. ten. Yeah, yeah. But it was a year ago, almost to the day since that we, we sat in this studio in the blazing heat because it. it was summertime. Yep. Wow, a year, man, yeah. and we've gone from two to four listeners. That ain't to bad. four four listeners and and again my my net worth down forty percent <laughs> eighteen bucks eighteen bucks that but, ain't uh, bad and well but, your your yeah. stuff is always better than mine so I will I will do my quick little joke sponsored by uh, Brea Pont and then you've got 
your comedy bits, which I know you work hard on. You, not not today, but yes, typically I do. Today I just threw together a couple jokes. And you could have written for like Conan or that should be a show. Regrets. That's regrets. Like, I've got some regret questions I've for had you for a next few, week. But then again, <laughs> too few to mention. All right. So the Ghostbuster says, how much will you charge to haunt my boss? And the ghost says, for 10 bucks, I'll scare the wits out of him. The Ghostbuster says, here's five bucks to do the job. My boss is a half-wit. <laughs> <laughs> you know where that came from? We have a calendar, a daily calendar that has, and most of them are awful, Trisden. Like, yeah. they're just stupid and terrible. But I read that one, and I thought of I thought of someone we know and love. And I said, you know what? I'm going to bring one. That can be a joke of the day. That's actually pretty cute. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty good. Brought to you by? Uh, brought to you by Berea Pond, nice. our buddy Aaron. Buckshotandled.com. Yeah. Check him out. So I actually did a joke of the day. I'm just watching this David Letterman. Um, he's got a couple of different series on Netflix. Yes. And I just started watching uh, one where he sort of brings on comedians and he brings on a guy who's pretty big now in the comedy world, Sam Morell. Yeah. And it was just yeah. a throwaway line, but I, I was actually doing push-ups and, and sort of watching this and literally laughed out loud. I, I don't know if you'll find it funny. It's always funny. But it was just a throwaway kind of in-between jokes, but I, I really liked it. Sam Morell, joke of the day. Uh, for Bad Wolf Gaming. He's like, women, you can fake an orgasm, but not a good mood. <laughs> I said, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Boy. So I really like that Amen one. to that. Yes. Sam Morell. Oh, my Bringing the heat. That's funny. You know what else is pretty cool? Uh, we've got the stove leg intro now. Yes. So we're we're big timing. Yeah. We're up there with our buddies at True Crime Cast now. Right. We've got the stove leg intro. Yeah. And so, well, we're at it a year, man. It's Kind of refining itself all the time. The talent doesn't get any better, but the production no, certainly does. That indeed. And so, yeah. And I think we hit our mark on time. We're yeah. trying to, uh, we're trying to, you know, rein ourselves in a, a tad and 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 make it a little more concise. And we'll have to ask both both of our listeners if they like it better with saving that shaving that fifteen minutes or not. Yeah. So I mean, we might have a show where we go fifteen minutes, but yeah. I mean, will we go an hour if we have a right interesting guest? But indeed. Yeah. Well, cool. We're ready. Cool, cool. It's been fun, man. That was a great article and a lot of food for thought. Yeah. I mean, it's just a weird place we find ourselves. Weird place politically, which is why we're doing this, because screaming at our friends online or Yeah, and people who much. tell you, like my sister will say, well, Trump's going away. He's out golfing. You shouldn't worry about him. No, actually, you should worry about him. Yeah. He's not out golfing enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he needs to come back and be so president he so he can a golf lot. a lot more. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's exactly a- right. He's actually working now. <laughs> That's it. So thanks to Troy at Front Porch here. Couldn't do the, the show, obviously, without you. Do a great job. Same with Nate at Stoveleg, who's in France. So let's say screw you, Nate, getting to go to France and hang out for a month and a half. We need to switch jobs. Uh, please review us on Apple or Spotify or anywhere that you can do that. Like us on Facebook. If you ask me, I'll give you a T-shirt. And uh, hope you guys have a great week. Absolutely. See you next week. Take care, Ray. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.